This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh! Welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is episode 42, and I am joined by my personal favourite Cumbrian in the world. In the world. It's Wills. Say hello, Wills. Hello, hello. How are you doing, man? How are you doing? Right. You're looking, you're looking yeah. great, man. That beard's come back through, though. That beard's coming back through yeah. with a bit of a vengeance. I mean, it's, 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 it's good for podcasts without a video, isn't it? Talking about beards. It's, <laughs> it's, I'm going to keep it at a kind of like scrubble sort of length, yeah. It's coherent conversation, you know. People can yeah, remember exactly. from last week and then like, they're, they're coming on the journey with us, mate. You know, they're coming on the journey with us. It's fine. Uh, I think the journey probably ends around here. I'm not going to go... I'm not gonna go full beard again. Is it? Is it? That's it. That's the end of Will's beard. Well, Will's oh, mate. Yeah. It, it was. It was a good run, and I enjoyed it. And uh, sayonara to Will's beard. We'll sign that off there, and we'll leave it there. Because we've got things. We've got things to do, mate. We've got things to do on the podcast today. So first of all, as we always do, we kick things off with good times and positive vibes with the Blue Army Podcast joke of the week. <clears throat> Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. <laughs> the Blue Right, mate, here we go. You ready for this one? Oh, internet connection is unstable. Can you still hear me? Ready and waiting. Strapped in. Right, okay, beautiful. I just Can had an internet you? warning. Um, it That's sounded fine. a little bit iffy. Oh, it <laughs> sounded a tiny bit iffy during the jingle, but um, not, not like the other week. It was nothing like that. Uh, okay, okay, there's no worries. Uh, <laughs> I'll get worried then for a second. <laughs> what do you call a parade of rabbits hopping backwards? I don't know. What do you call a parade of rabbits hopping backwards? A receding hairline. <laughs> uh oh. Oh dear. Oh dear. It's worth it every there time some, for me, mate. The punchline. <laughs> there was some, the, the, what, there were some sound issues with the punchline. No, oh, really. Do, do you think you would have laughed yeah. anyway? Do you think you would have laughed anyway? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Well, I'll I tell you what, mate. I do enjoy the Blue Army podcast, Joke of the Week. Yeah. And so do a lot of the listeners, because it's just one of those things that, you know, is coherent and we get it every single week. But yeah. it, is hard to be, it is hard to be funny. It is hard to be funny when you're not a comedian. And I think part of it is the fact that the jokes aren't very funny. Um, and then it's a surprise. The one in, the one in what we are now, episode 42, the one in 20 jokes that are actually funny. Yeah. It's, a, it's a nice surprise for those diehard loyal listeners that have been around long enough to get a decent <laughs> joke or two. <laughs> yeah. Right, mate, we'll, uh, we'll crack on. We'll do the roundup. Yeah. We'll let everybody I mean, this know. Was, this was one. Of, yeah, move on. 
<laughs> okay, we'll move on. <laughs> I was only going to say this was the funnier ones. <laughs> it was one. It was one of the funnier ones, I'd say. Yeah, one of the funnier ones. Um, yeah. but here we go, mate. Here we go. Uh, today, awesome. Mate, we're coming back this week on the Blue Army podcast. What can you expect? Well, we'll start things off with two Cumbrians reviewing the past weekend's top flight action. That's me and you, Wills, by the way. And then take a look at some of the more interesting yeah. articles written by the News and Star this week, and of course, the match crack from Carlisle's FA Cup clash with Horsham Town. And finally, we're going to look straight past Markham because who gives a crap about the Papa John's trophy? And we're going to talk about this weekend's league opponents as it's finally time for this season's first Cumbrian derby as Carlisle welcome Barrow to Brunson Park. Mate, so this weekend's Premier League results was quite the mixed bag. There was a couple of accumulator busters on there mainly looking at the fact that West Ham beat Liverpool by three goals to two. That was probably the best game to watch yeah. the weekend as far as the Premier League action goes. Yeah. Um, I don't suppose we managed to catch any of the highlights from that game, but um, one of those backwards and forth games where um, West Ham just seemed to have had the, not the upper hands, but they had they knew what Liverpool were going to do. They they, they they were tele, they almost telegraphed it to West Ham. West mm-hmm. Ham knew exactly what to expect from that Liverpool lineup, and uh, yeah, they, they they pulled it off, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, um, I think um, probably the the question that people are asking now is kind of how high can West Ham finish this season? I'm not suggesting that anyone thinks that they're going to threaten for the title, but yeah. um, probably looking like strong top four competitors at the moment. I yeah. mean, out of out of a lot of the teams in that top six area, they're definitely one of the more consistent sides, pulling out results week in, week out. Yeah. The home form <laughs> is very dominant. And if they can keep the home form the way that it's going, there's no reason why they shouldn't end up in a European spot by the end of the season based on the points total that they've got so far. So um, plenty of points in the bank for West Ham, but somebody who doesn't have a lot of points in the bank and doubled their tally this weekend is Norwich. Norwich finally won a game, mate. Uh, we were talking about them last week um, and I was sort of tipping them so, to uh... be the, the lowest point scorers um, in history, maybe doing it. Was it Sunderland or Derby? Did we, did we figure out which I think it was some, I, I didn't look it up. I think you said it was Sunderland and I believed you. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I definitely th- I definitely thought about you when I saw that Norwich had won. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. I thought about you as well, mate. And I was like, well, Will's, Will's got that one bang on the nose, pretty much. Well, they've got themselves I, I mean, I thought, points yeah. in the back. <laughs> half five, mate. The game finished yeah. at, uh, around half five. By half seven... Norwich sacked the manager. Well, I mean, what what kind of madness is going on there? There's there's not really any information that's came out about the sacking necessarily, and um, it is a bit of a surprise. You've won your first game of the season. The guy's been in charge for a long time at Norwich. That squad is his squad. He's yeah. put that lineup together. <clears throat> Don't get me wrong. I've heard about some rifts between him and Cantwell, and that's why Cantwell hasn't been playing week in week out, even though he is one of Norwich's most talented players. But what a time to sack your manager after winning your first game. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know if it's possible that the wheels were already in motion even before the game. Maybe it's just one of those things where, where you know, maybe they told him, I don't know. Well, you know, you wouldn't tell a manager before a game that he was sacked. Them. Yeah, I don't know. I say maybe it is more to do with a rift than to do with anything else though um you know the start that they've made to the season even though they have won now yes i mean like i don't know i, I don't know what the knots uh knowledge city fans think about it do they think it was a bad decision or do they or do they have kind of faith in him because he's always He's one of them managers that always kind of comes across well in his post-match interviews. I don't know. I don't know if there's more to come out about about what went on there. I always think he's been. Is to me, he's looked very popular um, as as Norwich manager. Uh, they they yeah. stuck they stuck with him for a very long time. It's not like they didn't get relegated with him um, previously. Yeah, and um, it's just, it's just it's just a weird mixed bag of. Of, of something to do. It's, it's it's a very strange decision. It's not a decision that I would have made. 
Um, I wish it happened a couple of weeks ago when our when our job was still vacant. <laughs> that would be that would be a good uh, that would have been a good appointment. Obviously, <laughs> like pie in the sky kind of stuff. But I think it would do Carlisle some good to, yeah. to have a foreign manager, maybe potentially. Um, that's by the by. Uh, yeah, hey. it's a strange one, mate. It's it's a strange one. I, it's not a move that I would have made personally if I was on the board at Norwich. It's definitely something I would have fought against. And um, I mean, who else are you going to bring in that's going to do? Anywhere near a better job than, 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 than the man himself that he was doing. Obviously, yeah, maybe he's been around the block a few too many times and there's a few too many rifts in the changing room for him to fix. And Norwich just want to give the squad a clean slate? I don't know, yeah. I mean, like, just looking to see on social media what's been said about it. And um, some pundit has kind of, like, said that apparently the board had made a decision to sack him early in the week and did tell him in advance of this match, that it was going to be his last. It's an odd one, because they won. I don't know. Boards of football clubs can do some strange things at times, because it seems like common sense not to sack the manager and then tell him he's sacked and let him still lead a team out. Yeah, it, it, it just doesn't make much sense, mate. So we'll just quickly bust through the Premier League's results from this weekend. And if anything caught your eye, just give me a shout. So on Friday, uh, there was Southampton versus Aston Villa. Southampton won by one goal to nil. That's a very good three points for Southampton. Brighton and Newcastle drew one all. Crystal Palace beat Wolves by two goal to nil. As Patrick Vieira's um, informed side, you could say, uh, doing very well this season. And yeah, it, that's my top tip for manager of the month. Uh, I, I I would say for for sort of like last month um, he's in he's in the hat and hopefully he'll get his first ever manager of the month award well deserved. Yeah. Chelsea versus Burnley was a one all draw. We spoke about how consistent Chelsea were last weekend and then all of a sudden they've dropped yeah. a few points, but that's okay because so did most of the teams this weekend. Uh, like we said, Norwich beat Brentford. That was a two one result. Yeah. Man City beat Manchester United by two goals to nil. Um, some of the pundits saying about the Manchester yep. City performance being more dominant than Liverpool's 5-0 performance over Manchester United at Old Trafford, saying that Manchester City had lots more of the ball. Manchester United, sorry, had lots less of the ball than they even had against Liverpool in that 5-0 defeat. Yeah. So obviously a lot of the fans not happy with the fact that Man United aren't a possession team anymore and they don't look to keep the ball. They're looking to hit teams on the break, especially teams who are perceived to be perhaps better than them. West Ham obviously beat Liverpool by three goals to two. Leeds United and Leicester City drew one all. Everton drew with Tottenham. Nil-nil. I had Everton down on my accumulator for that one, unfortunately. Yep. They do seem to be Tottenham's bogey team most of the time, but just not this time. And then Arsenal yep. managed to beat Watford by a goal to nil. And that was your Premier League's weekend action. Yep. Uh, how that affected the table? Not a whole lot, to be honest, mate. Apart from West Ham jumping over Liverpool in the league and then West Ham yep. securing themselves third in the table. Norwich stay rooted to the bottom. Newcastle and Burnley make the rest of the bottom three with Watford just on the outside. Equal points with Aston Villa. Are you getting worried about Aston Villa, mate? Because I am. They're not looking great well, the this fact year. The manager, so, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm never too worried about Aston Villa. Uh, mm. They <laughs> they can do it. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. There's a few teams down there. Uh, you, you know, you look at, um, I mean, Brentford have now lost four in a row after making a the decent start of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Leeds that don't seem, you know, only won two games. They just don't seem to be doing it, although unbeaten in three is has, has Bielsa ball had its day. Um, at the other end, I think like it's probably worth mentioning as well, as well as West Ham up into third. Um, Arsenal up into fifth, which... Oh, yeah, um, they're stuck in there, haven't they? They have. I mean, like, obviously, when they had that dreadful start of the season, I don't think many people thought they were actually going to get relegated. But, the you know, still we're still only 11 games in, and I don't have the stats to hand, but have they actually made a better start now after 11 games than they have in previous seasons? Because it's been... It seems like it's been a while since Arsenal have had a realistic-looking chance of top four. But where they are now, probably 
do have a realistic chance of top four if they if they continue like this. They definitely do. Um, it's just it's just uh, strange how things go. But in fairness, you know, when said they that they lost their three opening games, two of those were to Chelsea and Man City, who are the top two, and you know, in imperious form. So maybe. It's part. It was partly a poor start by Arsenal, but also just partly the way the fixtures came up. It looks to me that they've just sorted out the formation as well, and they've given yeah. those young lads the opportunity to have a couple of games in the squad back to back. And that Emil Smith Rowe, as as mm. you know, he's wearing the number ten shirt, so they've put some faith in him, and then they're giving him some games, and he's scoring some goals. Um, yeah, so, yeah. It, it, and and that's also positive for England as well because they just puts more uh, players into contention for Gareth Southgate's squad. And he would be another one of those uh, players that you'd want in case there was an injury yeah. to a Harry Kane. Or I mean, it's not like we have a, a, a definite partner for Harry Kane in that England squad. Obviously, you can push Sterling out yeah. wide and um, or you can leave him in the middle with Harry. But there's not necessarily like a third really strong striker that is, isn't retired. So I can't talk about Jamie Vardy. Who wants to? Who can really push to get into yeah. that England starting lineup? And and maybe you know Gareth Southgate does favour youth over experience yeah. a lot of the time in his England squads, and and that could be a new England protege. Um, we'll yeah. move. Wait, go on. Sorry, you've got something to contribute. No, you're saying yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be surprised if Smith Rowe doesn't, you know, uh, feature more for England over the coming year. Up until the um, up until the World Cup uh, next year, yeah, just lost track of time because of the the delay to you know Euro twenty twenty being in twenty twenty one. But yeah, World Cup is next year. Yeah, um, but I was I, also, I was busy, yeah. Go on. Go on. I was, I was also surprised. sort of like looking at West Ham. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know like... what? <laughs> just move on. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying. I was also. I was just quickly say. I was also looking at West Ham. Um, just yeah. before we moved past West Ham, I did want to mention, like, do you think that Gareth Southgate missed the boat and Mikel Antonio there? Because there was a lot of stop starters with his Jamaican career getting off the ground. I had a quick read uh, to see Mikel Antonio's sort of like Jamaican roots and, and sort of like yeah. when he got integrated into the Jamaican squad. And it's taken three years for them to sort it out because of various COVID restrictions, because of various passport issues and things like that. So Gareth Southgate yeah. has had a long time knowing that Mikel Antonio is going to get called up by Jamaica and he's had plenty of time to call him up and stick him in a squad and put him in a qualifying match against Azerbaijan or Albania or something like that. And yeah, he just, he just hasn't, hasn't taken the opportunity. So do you think that's a bit of a missed boat there? I don't know. I mean, like, um, would Mikel Antonio want to play in such a match that's basically put him in a match to ensure that he's available for selection for England without any real assurances that he is sort of part of England's future plans. Well, you know, I mean, like, I, I, you know, the, the, the first cap that he got for Jamaica was a 3-0 yeah. loss to Panama. Um, I don't think that was worth the plane journey. <laughs> well, yeah, but he knows he's going to get, you know, he knows he's going to play for a Jamaica. I mean, he's, he's 31. Yeah. And, you know... Is is experienced mostly in the championship and lower end of the Premier League. He's having a really good time at West Ham. If you were Michael Antonio and you knew that Gareth Southgate wanted to put you in a match against someone like Andorra, just but you know, basically just to ensure that you couldn't play for Jamaica. I think Jamaica's the right fit for Michael Antonio because you know, he's, he's going to be wanted there. The way you made it sound with, like, you know, could we have kind of, like, sneaked in and named him in a squad? Is is that going to make him sound wanted? Basically. Yeah, suppose, maybe the way I've worded it isn't exactly the best, but I feel like he would have been a good option. Um, yeah, when you look yeah. at the type of player that he's similar to, you sort of Mason Greenwood types, then maybe... Yeah, maybe the, the quality wasn't perhaps there, but an experienced player that you want in the qualifying stages to score goals against yeah. teams that are like Albania and Azerbaijan, stuff like that. You, need, you can't just put Harry Kane out against these teams all the time. Sometimes you do need a fighter, you know? Sometimes you need somebody that's been in the war a couple yeah. of times and somebody that... People expect us to go out and beat like Slovenia 
like six nil and stuff like that. Some games, and we end up like barely scraping a goal, and it's because. Harry Kane and Raheem Still Sterling aren't, aren't, aren't used to playing against the, them kind of defenders, but someone like Mikel Antonio yeah. is used to playing with his back against the defender, is used to yeah. sort of like backing someone down, is used to being more physical in a game. I'm not saying those other strikers aren't, but I am saying that sometimes with quality um, becomes a little bit less physicality because you're that good, you don't necessarily get caught on the ball. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's like a thing with experience, though. You know, because he's an older player, and because he's thirty-one, then you know, is viewing the fact that he can play in some internationals for Jamaica now as 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 a bit of a like bonus in his career, and with his kind of like you know, with his maturity as a man and as a player, I can probably imagine that he kind of like cherishes the chance to do that more than the opportunity to be thrown into a couple of games against against a low standard opposition for England and, yeah you know probably probably still not make the World Cup squad <laughs> yeah well said mate well said right we'll rear away from uh wider footballing <laughs> debates and then uh, we'll focus more on what people are here to focus on which is obviously carlisle united um some of the headlines caught my attention this week in the news and start involving ex-players and the potential to have re-signed some of them and the fact that the window might still be open for one of those players. Uh, Adam Clayton is a player I was a huge fan of during Greg Abbott's time at Carlisle United. He helped steer Carlisle to a uh, Johnson's Paint Trophy final back in the day when it was actually uh, quite a relevant trophy before the under-23s came in and ruined everything. Um, he played yeah. 36 times for Carlisle in one season whilst on loan from Manchester City. For any loan player to play over 30 games a season, mm. obviously says that he's head and shoulders above what you have in your current lineup or what you could afford on the budget that you had. And the career mm. that he had after Carlisle tells you a story of a player that was better than League One standard at the time and better than League Two standard, which was the division that we were falling into, I think, when he when he moved on um, around the time. We did try to re-sign him on loan. We did try to re-sign him on a free over the years. But yeah, he's 32 years old. He's just been released by Birmingham. He was on the list of people that we talked about in the summer uh, to be a free agent, to be brought into Carlisle United. And um, we need someone... Yeah in that midfield to really push Callum Guy, Riley and Mellish and just sort of like give some stability in that midfield. I think this time last season, we were struggling a bit and they brought in Dean Thurman and he sort of like, you know, put that experienced head in the midfield, calmed everyone down, told Callum Guy he's got time on the ball yeah. to pick those passes. But at the moment, I don't think, because Callum Guy's the captain, he can't tell himself that he's got time on the ball, you know? Maybe that's the yeah. problem. Maybe maybe we need the experience. We all thought the centre of the park was going to be our strongest position going into the season, but maybe it's not. And maybe we need to uh, shake it up a little bit. And somebody like Adam Clayton, who can tackle, who can score goals, who can run with the ball, who has great experience, who's been around the club before, it ticks all the boxes for me, mate. What do you say about Adam Clayton coming back in January? Even though he's been released now, he can't sign until January. Yeah, I mean, I think that other than in other than in goal, where Mark Howard's come in, and I think like that's you know we've now got a good enough keeper for you know what we're going to get. Um, every other part of the pitch, you know, is is open for the possibility of of bringing other people in. Um, and you know, midfield in particular, um, we had that three-man midfield of Guy Mellish and Riley that worked under Chris Beach for a while. But um, you know, Keith Millen isn't going to want to be stuck with that three-man, and he's already moved Riley to right back and and gone with a two-man midfield. And I think like a lot of Carlisle fans probably felt even before that that those three work together as a three, but. There are issues when you try and play any two of them. Um, in this, you know, uh, case, uh, Guy and Mellish, and neither of them have had particularly good seasons. So, certainly, kind of open to the idea that someone experienced like Adam Clayton might come in and 
and provide a, a provide a bit more of the control in midfield that we just seem to have been lacking. Adam Clayton gives you the option as well because he's a left-footed central midfielder, so he can also help with the left-hand side of things, give Dixon a bit of a rest. Um, so it, it would just help out a little bit as well. Um, sometimes I get Adam Clayton and um, what was he called? Chris Chandler. Remember him? Sometimes yeah, yeah, I get yeah. Those, sometimes I get those two guys mixed up because they're both sort <laughs> of like bulldogged players, but Chandler yeah. could play more on the left, couldn't he? He's more of a left back and then moved into yeah. the centre of the park a little bit. But both really good players. Both of them I'd like to see back in Carlisle uh, yeah. just because it would be nice to see him. But yeah, Chandler, Adam Clayton. Go on. Chandler not like retired or something. He might I feel have like done. he kind he of like I've not kept tabs on him. dropped down the, you know, I, I don't think he's played league football in a long time. No, you're probably right. He probably plays for like Ashton and the line or something like that <laughs> at the moment. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's one of the players that Carlisle were sort of uh, maybe rumoured about taking and bringing in in January. Yeah. Another player that has probably by now cast a big doubt on the fact that he's going to sign for anybody ever again is uh, Danny Graham. Danny Graham was in the News and Star last week. He gave an interview talking about how he nearly signed for Carlisle United over the summer after some talks with Chris Beach. Apparently the talk started last winter about bringing him in in that January window last year with Chris Beach. But unfortunately, you know, with the board that we've got, things got a bit stop-starty, finances got spoken about and our board went quiet on the situation. But they were reopened during the summer after Danny Graham announced his retirement. Danny Graham announced that he was going to retire and then it was like two months later, Carlisle started making contact with him again. Um, mate, that's exactly the sort of player that we need, isn't it? A goal scorer with some experience, some strength, uh, somebody that can stick the ball in the back of the net. And he's got a good record of doing that for us at Brunton Park and every other team pretty much he's played for outside of the Premier League. Uh, yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, it does seem like a missed opportunity now. Um, probably best to relate it slide now he... He has retired, and the, the the possibility that he would end his career with a little spell at us has now, you know, that ship has sailed. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, certainly he's he's got the kind of qualities that we could that we could do with, um, and you know, even if his fitness was starting to go, I think we're kind of like in a situation where someone who is strong and can put the ball in the back of the net and, you know, has a bit of experience and a bit of nous about them, Mm. just, you know, might get us enough goals to get enough points to, unfortunately, all we're talking about at this stage, avoid relegation. That would have been, I think, like, you know, that it could have been a big difference maker. The amount of times we've had goals, opportunities that just aren't being converted, aren't being scored. And also the fact that, like, he's 36 years of age. We don't have, like, an elder statesman in the squad at the moment. We don't have that sort of, like, person who the rest of the squad can maybe look to in times where things are going hard. Somebody that's been there before, someone who's been through the dog race before and can sort of lift the team and I think Danny from the interviews that I've had with some of the ex-Blues that have played with Danny Graham they've mentioned the fact that he's got a great personality when it comes to like lifting people around him he's very sort of a is uh, a jokester you know what I mean he can, he, yeah. can, he can lift the team's harmony he's popular within the squad not always popular with managers because you know he can be a bit of a clown but always yeah. popular with the squad around him does form great partnerships with his strike partners so that leads yeah. to him scoring the amount of goals that he scores so as a character you would have thought that would have definitely benefited the Carlisle United changing room to have that elder statesman with all that experience under his belt uh, that would have made it even more valuable to me uh, but obviously not as valuable as say 20 goals this season that would have been uh, that would have been yeah. the uh, the main focus of bringing in a graham and if you probably did bring in a graham the system would probably change quite a lot and um, you could imagine he'd be poaching around that six yard box most of the time uh, which was his style when he was playing in his 20s anyway it's not like he was yeah. ever running with the ball, running at defenders viciously. Obviously, anyone can run with the ball. But, yeah, it would have been nice to just have that sort of person who's a dead-eyed finisher back in the squad. 
Um, but we'll, we'll we'll move away from the news and stars gossip this week. There you go, news and stars. A nice little plug for you this week. We don't we haven't done that in a while. Stealing your headlines to give ourselves yeah. a little bit of content, and we'll move on to Carlisle United's FA Cup first round tie from the weekend gone by. Oh, that rhymed against Horsham. Um, Horsham, mate, you were there at the game. The Warwick yes. Road end was closed, so you had to stand amongst the paddock elite. Um, yeah. How did you find the view in the paddock? It must have been a while since you've been uh, pre-season, probably since. since you yeah, I do. I do go in the paddock in pre-season. So, but I was with my friends as well. So. Um, we just stayed down one end. They weren't so up for switching ends to always be at the end of Carlisle shooting. No, that. that's not proper paddock behaviour. You've got to move with the goal. That's proper paddock behaviour. Yeah. I think most paddock people just stand behind, you know, stand in the middle. But um, <sighs> yeah, <you>. so <laughs> but we stood, we stood about, we stood about level with the with the penalty box line. Good view. Good view. Yeah. And, for um, the goals, for the goals, or for for the yeah, first yeah. Half. So like we were stood, we were stood down by the waterworks end. So we okay. were kind of like in a decent place for both the Carlisle goals, okay. um, and uh, I say like uh, because because um, Horsham opted to switch ends and shoot and shoot towards the um, waterworks end in the first half which most teams don't do we were kind of like I was kind of like saying to them oh should we go stand up the other end and they were like nah we've come here now we're going to stay here <laughs> that's what you, um, because you're not proper happened, panickers though, that's why you Warwick Road Enders you're only used to standing where you are for the whole game is that what proper paddockers do I mean I stand in the Warwick Road end and the paddockers all just stand in the middle <laughs> course, young, young paddockers maybe young paddockers <laughs> that have got the legs still they might still do the miles you know but like all those middle paddockers they've been there a long time you can't move them for love nor money they want a good chance to shout in the manager's ears they're not moving yeah they're certainly, not moving. Se- yeah, certainly there were a few kind of people usually like kind of groups of young lads at second half when we were shooting towards that end you know rocked up it's a young man's game in it following the ball <laughs> <laughs> I would do it. I would do it back in my time anyway. And talking about back in my time, I'll be back in Carlisle very soon. I'm going to the Carlisle Derby. Um, so looking forward to that. But first, obviously, we'll deal with the matter at hand, which is obviously Carlisle's game against Horsham Town. And as yep. per tradition here on the Blue Army podcast, we'll give you the Carlisle United starting lineup. For the game in goal again, we had Howard. Um, some people would have thought maybe we'd have put Jensen in goal, but that might have cup tied him, and maybe that's why Jensen wasn't at all involved in the squad because Simons was the goalkeeper that was on the bench for the game, not Breeze either. So Simons getting his first sort of like professional game on the bench, I think, because normally it's Breeze in those games. So good for him. Uh, great experience, I imagine. So Riley was playing at right back, like we've already mentioned. McDonald, Whelan and Armour made up the rest of the back four with Mellish, Guy and Gibson along the midfield three. Alessandra, Abrahams and Clough making the attacking three. Now, on the BBC, and they don't always get it right, mate, this is why I always like to ask you when you go to the game, did it look like a 4-3-3 on the pitch or was it more like a 4-5-1? Um, no, it... I can I actually kind of like thought it was almost a four four two, but um, I don't know maybe because I was like stood right up the other end maybe I didn't get a good enough view, you know like down the you know down the lines of players, um, but I don't know it seemed it seemed like Abraham's and Alessandra were playing more wide. Of no, sorry, Abraham, uh, Alessandra, and Gibson seem to be look to me more like wingers with Clough and Abrahams. No, Clough, yeah, yeah, Clough and Abrahams in the middle. All right, okay, that would make sense because that's the way we were kind of lining up pre season. I feel the sort of games that I saw was Abrahams and Clough sort of playing up front, and Alessandra yeah. was definitely being used as a winger with perhaps Dickinson being on the other side during pre-season Dickinson not in the team uh, or in the squad at all for this game so maybe a knock but you know maybe just I, you being... know it, it was a knock that uh, yeah. Keith Mullen said before the game 
Okay, yeah. So there we go. We can put that sort of rumour to bed yeah. that there's a rift happening between Dickinson and Millen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's a strong lineup for non-league opposition. You'd have to say, uh, obviously, money on the line, money that this Carlisle United board aren't going to sniff at. So they're going to try and win the game. But with that being said, and the amount of minutes that some players did get on the day, would it have been better off starting with a bit of youth and then injecting a bit of experience rather than the other way around? Um, I would have liked to have seen Fishburne start, Charters start, and Bell probably start the game. And in fact, since you put Simons on the bench... Maybe give Breeze a game or Simons a game as well in goal. Uh, I think it would have been a good experience for those guys. Uh, and as you can see, those were, you know, two of them were the substitutions that we ended up making. Fishburne and Charters came on. Um, and I would have liked to have seen it the other way around, maybe. I would have liked to see Fishburne start and Charters start and maybe Alessandro and Gibson coming off the bench if they were needed. Um, quite an experienced lineup for non league opposition, in my opinion, mate. So the first half, um, Horsham were up for it, weren't they? Uh, you you were at the game, like you've already spoken about. Um, was there anything that stood out for you from that first half? Was it frustrating to watch? Yeah, it was. It was it was pretty kind of dour stuff. Um, looking at the stats afterwards, I, you know, Carlisle had most of the ball and most of the chances. Um, that was it was down at the far end compared to where I was, so maybe I didn't quite kind of get the experience that Carlisle were having all those chances. It just, I mean, none of the chances I don't think were particularly good. And um, I mean, after the first half, it it felt like it was, it felt like it was heading towards a nil nil and we played down at Horsham. Horsham did what you kind of expect a team in that situation uh, for, you know, from that level to do where they, they don't have all the quality and they kind of lack in fitness and tactical mouse compared to the teams that, you know, are working on it the whole time. Uh, but, you know, maybe the fact that we've got a new manager and tactics are changing kind of, you know, took away the advantage, the tactical advantage that professional teams usually have in that usually they're playing a system that they've been working on all season, but we weren't. Um, but, you know, just a lot more up for it. Um, just ran a lot harder. Um, you, you know, basically, you know, you're playing against a non-league team and they will make sure that they use a hundred percent of their capacity all the time they will you know they will run as hard as they can and don't necessarily leave anything in the tank for later um they will they will go in for every 50 50 ball and even some of the 40 60 balls you know they try try and win everything so um you know that kind of narrows the gap um like i say it, it, it was clear that most of the play was happening up at the end of the pitch that Carlisle was attacking, but it didn't really feel like we were, you know, we were imposing any quality on them. And it, it just felt like, you know, this is going to, uh, this is heading for a nil-nil draw. Even into most of the second half, it still felt that way. With that, that was it. It took Carlisle until nearly the 70th minute to break the deadlock. And it was a substitute um, Young came on for Abrahams in the 60th minute and it was the 79th minute when Young broke the deadlock. He took his opportunity well. Um, he kind of fed off the scraps. And like he was saying there, Horsham defender maybe went for the ball when he was always going to be stretching for it, never going to get a strong foot on it, kind of laid it off to Young, who was very clever, showed some very good footwork, twisted, turned, turned his man, got himself facing goal and buried it very nicely in the, in the bottom right corner, away from the goalkeeper on the far-hand side. It was a good finish from Young, something that we assume that he has in his locker, but maybe an opportunity that was born out of a bit of exhaustion on the Horsham defence half. Um, was there a lot of relief when that goal went in for you, mate? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a bit of relief uh you know, combined with the fact that it didn't really look good for us, you know, we it felt almost like we were lucky to have finally found the back of the net. 
mm. you know. So, um, you know, they it it didn't really buoy the Carlisle fans up very much, if at all. <laughs> it was kind of like it was more. Finally, was the reaction? Was it more like finally we got the bloody goal? Finally, well done, bloody hell! But like not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Jubilation, shall we yeah. say? Well, it was only 20 minutes later when Young turned provider. Um, I think he showed tremendous heart. He kept the ball in uh, by the byline and when maybe other attackers wouldn't have chased it down in the 90th minute of the game. But Young did chase the ball down very well, laid it off to Clough, who um, I have to say it's nice to see Clough playing a full game. Normally he gets dragged yeah. off after about 60. So it's nice to see him playing a full game and... Um, even though there was a touch of fortune about the goal. And this is you know, kind of what frustrates me a little bit about Clough is that sometimes he just seems to get in a position to shoot and just, just sort of like shoots and doesn't really look to sort of curl it maybe or, or, or like try and strike it with a lot of quality. He just feels like he's in a shooting position and therefore he's going to take on the shot. I think that was evident a few times in this game where he was taking on shots without a lot of quality behind them rather than taking that touch where maybe he should roll it onto his right foot and try and curl it in top corners or or just sort of like give it that little bit of extra quality show how good he really is he does seem to snatch at these chances but this one was lucky enough for him came off the defender's leg and and just sort of like misfooted the goalkeeper Carlisle win the game by two goals to nil um it's, it wasn't a great game for Carlisle United, obviously, but it is a win, and that's what's important. Um, it's yeah. not three points. We would want three points, obviously. That's what we are aiming to get in the league week in, week out at the moment, if we're going to be struggling for survival. But it is a win nonetheless. Don't necessarily think it's a win that's going to drive up the confidence in the changing room, mate. What about you? Uh, yeah, similar. I mean, you know, Keith Millen's uh, post-match comments were that the players will be up for it, um, having come off with a win, and that all kind of like g them up a bit, um, you know. And and, and hopefully he's right um, because uh, the, you know the morale of the players and the morale of the fans can be very different things. As fans, we're not that encouraged by the performance overall against Horsham. It feels almost like it was just a tiny bit of um, luck and just a little bit of quality telling, but not a lot. The uh, Well, not so much quality, but fitness over the 90 and stuff. Um, the Clough's goal was deflected um, and a bit lucky in that respect. And... Young's decent finish, you know, decent. He, he took the ball, took his time to turn and tee it up. Um, so I mean, there was, I mean, there was a lot of booing at half time. There was even some booing at full time as they, mm. as they went off, you know, two nil winners, and that's not to say that, you know, that's not to disrespect Horsham and say that we, and say that we should be hammering them. Two uh, 0 against a team from a few uh, from a few divisions below is a perfectly acceptable result, um, but the Carlisle fans weren't that weren't that encouraged by the performance, and some of them, you know, still felt taboo at full time. But um, from Keith Millen's perspective, if it kind of like it gives the players confidence, then I've got no problem with that. Even if, even if from my perspective as a fan, it seems like unfounded confidence, you know, that doesn't matter because if confidence helps them get a better results um, in the upcoming league fixtures, then, you know, that's, I'll happily take that. It would be nice to have uh, this affect our league form in one way or another, um, in a positive yeah. manner, obviously. Um, mate, because you're at the game, because you watched the whole thing, um, you're probably in a much better position than I am to give out a Man of the Match award, uh, because my instinct is to give it to the super sub, Young, Brad Young. So I'm going to give it to Brad Young, even though he only played half an hour of the game. Um, obviously, he scored one and set one up. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to give Man of the Match to Brad Young. What about you, mate? Yeah, I, I was going to give it to Brad Young as well, um, because until he came on, you would have probably been like, can't pick a Man of the Match. Uh, Clough got the official Man of the Match. 
Okay. Um, they do, I mean, they do, um, you know, it, it does tend to take a lot for them to give the man of the match to a substitute. So yeah. there is a sort, you know, there is a kind of like general feeling that even if you came on and scored a goal, I don't know. Um, it was all right, Clough, but also kind of like it, it felt like he wasn't in the positions that you wanted to see him in. You know, he didn't seem to get enough of the ball. Um, and when he did get the I don't know. Um I'm I'm not I'm not overly encouraged. Not overly but, encouraged um, by Clough and the way that he drags himself just, around the pitch of it. Just by the team in general, um, and the tactics. You know, yeah, it didn't I, feel like there was a big change being made. But I've spoken to other Carlisle United fans and a number of them have disagreed with me on this and said that there was a huge change in the way that we play. All right. okay. I, I I just felt like, you know, the long balls were now on the ground instead of over the top, but still looked fairly aimless. Yeah, well, I can't wait to get a proper good look at Carlisle United next week. And since you've brought up the opinion of some other fans, we do have a Facebook comment about the game. Courtney Johnson said this. He thought the performance was okay. It's a shame they couldn't watch the match. Uh, it's a shame he couldn't watch the match anywhere. I think that's fair. Carlisle versus Horsham would have been nice to have got picked up on the BBC. Uh, very pleased to see Fishburne get on the pitch. Really hope he plays against Morecambe. I agree with that one, Courtney. I do hope he gets a good run out against Morecambe. It is a nothing game, isn't it, Wills? You were telling us last week that we've already qualified for the next step of yes. the Papa John's Trophy. So there would be no reason really to stop Fishburne from getting a good 85 minutes under his belt against Morecambe. Good physical yeah. side. And what I have noticed about Fishburne, actually, when he goes out onto that pitch is, yeah, he might only be 17, 18 years old, but he is one of the biggest lads we've got, unfortunately, in the attacking positions. And if you're going to be playing those long, aimless balls, it wouldn't be a bad target to be throwing them towards rather than, Abraham's anyway. I'd rather have Fishburne over Abraham's any day of the week at the moment. What about you? Yeah, you know, we were discussing this uh, on, on the last podcast about like, you know, which game would you, which game would you use more of the youngsters, and which game would you kind of like see as being the attempt to find out which players, you know, attempt to play the the starting lineup. And I think we kind of like had it the other way around to each other because I yeah. was kind of think, you know, I was sort of thinking we'll do the youngsters in the, in the Horsham game and then against league opposition, even if Morecambe don't particularly care any more than we do, try and kind of like settle on how we're going to line up in the, in the game against Barrow. But I mean, the, you know, the other side of that is that, um, you know, Fishburne, has every chance to stake a claim to start against Barrow. So may you know, but maybe not all of the youngsters like uh, I'd say Fishburne and Charters can stake claims. Mm. Um, I'm not I'm not so sure about Lewis Bell. I'm not so I think he's maybe in his development is behind the others. Um, I mean Charters has been in the you know this is his third season in the squad and Fishburne has has that experience on loan where he is clearly got something about him and he's clearly kind of like a player that we can maybe look to accelerate his development a bit. Um, I'd like to see it, mate. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry, you, you you did a big erm. I thought you were going to have another point. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I said, I said, no, no. Sometimes I just finish sentences with erm anyway. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I need to before, get... <laughs> before we completely go away from the FA Cup uh, game against Horsham, it is worthwhile noting that, yeah, we are in the hat for the next round. That's an incredibly positive thing because Forest Green, the top of our division played a team called St. Albans City and they got knocked out the FA Cup by three goals to two. So, you know, non-leaguers can beat some of the uh, league opposition and we could have very easily have been one of those FA Cup casualties, but we weren't. So uh, maybe that should hopefully give us a little bit more perspective and uh, the performance a little bit more of a less shadow cast 
upon it. Right, let's have a look towards next weekend's league opponents. The Cumbrian Derby is upon us once again. And I can't wait for this one, mate. I've been looking forward to this yeah. game since the start of the season. It's been circled in my calendar as that's the first game I'm going to. And I can't bloody wait. Obviously, we've got the extra spice of the return of Ozzy Zanzala and Paul Farman coming yeah. back to Brunton Park. Both players are regular first-team starters for Barrow, and I am looking forward to booing the hell out of both of them this weekend <laughs> at Brunton Park every time they get on the ball. But a player that I won't be booing, who is also an ex-Carlisle United player, is left-back Patrick Bruff. I'm a big fan of Patrick Bruff. He worked hard to get a career in football as a professional footballer and he has done a great job and a great service to himself by getting himself back into league football after being released by Carlisle United many, many moons ago and he might have a chip on his shoulder against us, potentially. Um, Patrick Buff, didn't mate? He, didn't he score against us in the last, you know, last season? I believe he did. He's, um, <laughs> He's got, he's got something about him, mate. He, like I said, he worked hard. He uh, made his debut for Carlisle United all the way back in 2013 when we were in the League One campaign, was given the reins the following season in League Two to get enough games under his belt. But unfortunately, um, after a couple of loan spells with teams like Salford and Lincoln, he was released in 2017, found himself at Morecambe, then went over to... Scotland and played for Falkirk and now after his recent promotion medal under his belt with Barrow is with Barrow in League Two. He's one of those players that I would think would be a great addition to the Carlisle United team. Uh, definitely somebody who could push Jack Armour for that position in the squad. Somebody who is a bit of a hometown favourite as well. Um, I would have liked to have signed him up after his time at Falkirk, I'm not sure what was going on with the Carlisle manager at the time uh, and why they didn't look at him uh, before Barrow brought him in because uh, left-back yeah. is one of those positions that's just hard to cover. And if, if you've got an option to bring in a local lad, they're normally cheaper than uh, than anyone else. So, yeah. I don't know. A little bit disappointing that he's not a Cumbrian still. Uh, I mean, a, a blue, uh, a Carlisle blue, not a blue bird. Um, yeah. <laughs> Spicy one, mate. Cumbrian Derby. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Barrow recently doing better than us in the league. A lot of people yeah. wouldn't maybe thought they were going to do just as good as what they've been doing in the league. And uh, they recently had to beat off some non-league opposition as well to progress through to the next round of the FA Cup. They did that by four goals to nil. Zanzala did score... On the weekend, he did assist on the weekend. He is well and truly a big part of that Barrow team. Mate, I'm looking forward to this, man. I am looking forward to the Cumbrian derby. I cannot wait. Can I get your score prediction, please? Um, I'm going to go 1-1. 1-1? 1-1, And um, I'll tell you what, I'll throw, I'll throw another one in the mix. Are you starting Fishburn? Yeah. And Young? Yeah, Fishburne. Yeah, I would. I'm just kind of thinking of the play. I think Dick, if Dickinson's still out, um, Fishburne, Young, Clough, and Gibson, and they all, you know, they all ended the game against Horsham, and Gibson got the full ninety as well, didn't he? Yeah. No, no, wait. No, I think Gibson came off the charters. Came yeah. off the charters. All right, okay. Um, yeah, because I mean, Gibson's a, a, another player that I like. Um, Clough's one that you know we know he's got quality and we haven't always seen it but if we're going to avoid relegation with the mostly the squad we've got you know we need that quality I can see um, we're going to have to have a good like I've mentioned about having Patrick Buff they've got Patrick Buff on the left hand side he did they might have Mike Jones last season they've got yeah, yeah. Mike Jones as well apparently but... back from injury Mm -hmm. But we've got the uh, the sort of spice that we don't really have a proper right back to go up against uh, Patrick Buff. And 
most of their yeah. danger does come from their wing backs crossing the balls into Zanzala at the moment. Yeah. Uh, last it's season, Melanotta. it was the wing backs pushing the balls into yeah. Quigley instead. Obviously, Quigley's not there anymore. He took the money and ran. Um, yeah. But yeah, what are you going to say about Mella? I'd say isn't Mella? You know, Mella's a proper right back, isn't he? Well, that's it. I would. I, that's what I'd be tempted to do. I'd be tempted to put Riley back into the midfield, maybe. Oh, maybe drop guy, maybe drop guy, maybe because I think we, like I said last week on the podcast, he is an ex, more of an extravagant player, more of a luxury yeah. player, and this is going to be a dog battle. This is going to be a fight, and like someone like Riley in the center of the park with Mellish in the center of the park, like them two are bulldogs, yeah. and that's the kind of, and they and they don't play long balls, Riley and Mellish, they play short balls, and that's kind of what we need to be doing. We don't want to be playing the long ball necessarily. Yeah. I think Barrow. Looking at Barrow and having done a little bit of research on Barrow and the way they like to line up, they have a system in place, okay? They play with like a flat three along the back line and then they have the two raised sort of wing backs with a holding mid-peeled pair. Then they have like your Zanzalas and your Stevens that play sort of like an attacking two with a single striker up front on their own. So that's either very direct and central um, or they're knocking the ball around a lot in the centre of the park. It's a very central formation, um, and you maybe be a bit worried about the physicality that they have in the centre of the park compared to the physicality that we have in the centre of the park. And like yeah. I said about Guy lining up against opposition captains and noticing the fact that he looks two freestone lighter than most opposition's captains in this division. Unfortunately, we might need a bit more physicality in this game to really push us through. And Guy was more essential last season when he was taking great corners and great free kicks. But this season, it looks like Zach Clough has staked the claim on the set pieces. And that's taken Guy's biggest asset away from him because his biggest asset last season was his delivery from set pieces. And that's been taken away from him this season. So, yeah, in my opinion, I would be tempted to put the more physical players in the centre of the park and let the fight commence. What about you, mate? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, you make good points. It's always kind of difficult, uh, you know, because uh, Callum Guy does have quality. Um, yes. But he's not a very combative player, so... You know, are we now? Is, is you know, he's the sort of player that looks really good in the team that are up near the top of the table, and you know he's having a poor season this season, and we're down near the bottom of the table, and that's just how some players are. And um, I think kind of like you know you say luxury player. I think that's kind of what people would generally say defines a luxury player, is isn't it? Kind of someone who looks really good when everything's going well. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate. I, I, I do sort of like light guy as a player. Um, yeah. But it, it looks like there's sort of rugs being taken out from under him this season. Given the captaincy, really doesn't seem to have done him any favours. If anything, it's put more pressure on him. I don't think he needed that extra job on the pitch. I feel like he was too occupied the way it was. And when you put the captaincy on somebody, that is a focal point in the midfield. Somebody who players already sort of look to to lift the team already when you put the added pressure on them to be more verbal on the pitch that might distract them from what the natural game is slightly and then you know yeah. make them a little bit more anxious perhaps because they do have to raise issue with certain players and maybe yeah. that's not in his personality traits maybe he's not the sort of person that is confrontational maybe he's not the sort of person that's going to pull people up on things and uh, yeah maybe maybe it's just not the sort of person that you want to be leading the squad in the Cumbrian derby so with that yeah. being said I would hand the captaincy over to Mellish for that game I've said it before and I'll say it again he's a Flipping nasty man um, and, and very verbal and he gets under opposition skins and we need to be more vicious now. We need to have that punch about us. We need to be that nasty team that nobody likes to play against. And Mellish could be the example that could really help this team because... He gets under people's skin. And if more of our players started getting under people's skin, that might give us a bit more of an advantage. But at the moment, we look very passive. We look very soft. 
um, and we look quite unorganized and we need in my opinion somebody that's going to just whip things into a little bit more of a dogfight and physicality from the team and I think that's what the fans want really I think the fans want to see the players trying harder physically trying harder maybe picking up a couple of yellow cards bringing down players where they have to stop opportunities and just accepting the fact that you know you have to make a challenge there rather than letting players walk through them and just pick up those yellow cards and be a nastier team just in general mate Mm. um yeah I think I've said all my piece this week about Carlisle United. I'm really looking forward to seeing yourself at the game on Saturday. It's a one o'clock kickoff for everybody listening out there. Do not yeah. turn up late. Do not turn up. It's one o'clock kickoff. They're trying to keep us out of the pub. So set your alarm two hours earlier. Start drinking two hours earlier or whatever <laughs> it is that you normally do on a Carlisle match day. Get yourself down to Brunton Park. Get yourself in the bar. Get some drinks in you and uh, enjoy the day. It's going to be a great day. Um, obviously, the beehives there. That's mate. The the service at the beehive. I do want to mention this. is fantastic on a match day. Like the way that they can, yeah. the, the queues, the, the amount of people that they've got. But they yeah. they they sort it out really well. They're really well organised down there at the beehive. Um, and so if you're going for a pre-match drink, I might see you in the beehive. I'll probably see you in the beehive post-match, pre-match. I might be a little bit busy, but post-match, I will most likely be in the BI. Bit Wills, are you going to come? Um, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've got my friends from school that I always go to football with. And with them, we do tend to have plans um, after the football. Um, but maybe I can talk. I mean, they won't want to go to the BI. If they want to go. Well, uh, uh, well, we normally go for the meal, but we normally go to mine. And okay. play uh, board game island on the Wii, and then and then we go for a meal somewhere. Masala Bazaar last night, not last night, sorry, the night before. Um, oh, nice shout out, Masala Bazaar. A bit more, you know, sophisticated. They indeed, are. indeed, and like one of them is teetotal, and the other one doesn't really drink. You know, ah, neither right. neither of them will go. You know, will go to pubs as part of their normal life. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, it might be it might be a bit of a, a, a convincing act then for us to end up in the beehive after the game. But I'll well, certainly, I mean, I'll certainly have, put my head in said, for one. Yeah, on, sorry. Have, I mean, they already have said that. Oh, it's like one o'clock kickoff. It's not like we can just go for a meal afterwards. So I don't know. But I, I, I don't know where I'll be, but I will be tethered. So. <laughs> I, will, I will i will tear you away for at least are you going to be minutes. in the warwick road end though you're going to be in the warwick road end potentially i still don't know i still don't know um there is a, a person that is being quite aloof at the moment and um if if they continue to be aloof then yes i will be in the warwick road end <laughs> and uh, that doesn't bother me whatsoever i quite happily be in the Warwick Road end and I'll I'll give you a message mate so I'm not stuck um wandering around on my own and you can come and collect me um, <laughs> you can show us you can show us your point of view of the Carlisle games that'll be that'll be a lot of fun mate but yeah, yeah. Wills mate there's not much else for us to talk about this week so thank you very much for joining me I do apologize for the tech issues a little bit l- earlier on it does seem like we've had a good run towards the end of the podcast yeah. though so plenty of good router seems to have done the trick it does yeah that seems to have all been my fault so i do apologize <laughs> for the terrible internet connection i do apologize if there was any audio issues for you the listener i will do my best to edit around them and make us as coherent as possible but yeah thank you very much for listening downloading liking subscribing following uh commenting clicking all the good things that end with us ending up in the UK top 50 podcast charts for football related content. Thank you all very much for getting involved. It means a lot to me, it means a little bit to Wills as well. And <laughs> we'll be seeing you all again very soon. Uh, Wills, we'll see what happens with you, mate. We'll see if you're busy next week or not. Yeah. We might, might, if we're lucky, have an ex Barrow player on the line with us next week to discuss the result and have a bit of match crack we might um but like i've said i've been pinched revealing guests before 
recordings and I don't want to get pinched again teasing someone's name who maybe finds it hard to commit to whatever hour of the day we're going to do that recording but mate I would love to invite you along to that one and um, hopefully I'll be seeing you on Saturday when Carlisle take on Barrow in the Cumbrian Derby come on come on that's enough from me and Wills bye for now bye days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.